Welcome to the local podcast. I'm your host, Clay Berkland, Director of Agricultural Banking with Pioneer Bank and Trust. My guest today is Dean Kinney, President and CEO of the Home Slice Network. Uh, Dean, I think we both know that titles are absolutely meaningless, so <laughs> tell me what you really do. Oh, what do I really do? That's a, that's a pretty good question right there. I've kind of, over the course of, uh, of my career in the business, done a little bit of everything. And I guess right now I feel lucky enough to have a really great group of people. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know that I necessarily have a day-to-day defined defined role uh, so much, you know. That, that I mean, sounds familiar. I, I guess <laughs> kind, uh, kind of that way myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit hard to say exactly what it is in one specific day. So uh, for those of you that can't see us, obviously, over the radio, which we have faces meant for radio, uh, <laughs> Dean and I both have hair color that suggests we were born in the 80s. Uh, right. I believe you interviewed me at the State High School Rodeo Finals in New Underwood in 1989. So wow. This is my chance to turn it around and come back. And I, I don't think you've ever told me that before, yeah. but that is probably true. It scarred I, uh, me for 40-ish years, but I think I'm doing okay now. So. Oh, well, I, t- I can tell you right now, it is uh, super weird for me to be on the other side of... Uh, I've been interviewed before, but usually it's on a very specific topic. So it's pretty weird for me to just sit down and do this podcast, your podcast, not mine, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. That's part of the fun of being on the podcast. I guess so. So uh, as a kid that grew up in western South Dakota, and I don't think it's changed a whole lot, when you grow up on a farm or a ranch, you have no choice. You have to listen (laughs) to KBHB yeah, because you have one tractor, one pickup that only have AM, and it's tuned into 810. Yeah. Does that ever, are you aware of that? Yeah, I am. The impact yeah. that has on kids being growing up in our part of the world? I just wouldn't believe how many times I've heard that over the years. And ironically, when I came to KBHB in 1988, I, um, I knew of KBHB, but I'm, as you obviously know, I'm not a ranch kid, so I didn't understand totally the power of KBHB or that, people really grew up with it and the way it was so ingrained and embedded in farm ranch operations around certainly all of western South Dakota and beyond and it's definitely the magic of that radio station and still is today and um, it makes it different than in, 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 I don't want to say any other radio station in the country but any others around here I mean there's uh, KBHB's relationship to its audience is, is unlike any other I'm aware of anymore. Yeah. So me growing up, you know, I couldn't wait to move somewhere where I had an FM radio and right, so you could listen to Case Guy, listen to something besides (laughs) KBHB. But now that I'm starting to get a little more mature in life, uh, it's like you putting on a comfortable old coat. You switch it over to 810 in the morning and get the market reports, and that that has to be pretty meaningful for you to to know that you do have that impact across such a vast region. It really is, and you know, um, KBHB has not had. A lot of owners all, all across all those years, um, you know, maybe four, including yeah. us, and uh, and only a couple of real long-term owners. And, and we always say, and this isn't just uh, talk, that you, you don't ever really feel like you own KBHB. You kind of feel like you're taking care of it over a period of time because it's an institution that's kind of beyond a person. You know, yeah. it's a it's really a thing, and, and KBHB considers its its most important role to be uh to echo the voice of the ranchers and the ranchers uh identity and how they feel about issues and be their uh be their voice and be in their corner on all topics and well, so that's a big deal and you are too such a conduit for information from you know when we had the 
Atlas Blizzard, as we have program payments coming out. Uh, yeah, it is a resource that people continue to go back to, and I think that's incredible for our part of the, the country and, and very much appreciated. Well, thank uh, you. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think in the... I, I think there, it's in the DNA of the, of the radio station and people that were there way before me that that's, that's the thing to do. I mean, I never imagined owning KBHB. My partners and I didn't. And, uh, and, uh, but, it, but, but long before we ever had that opportunity, it was just something we understood. I mean, Les Cleveland and Dana Caldwell and Ray Ritchie and people from way back um, kind of made the radio station what it is. And it was our job just to not screw it up, you know. So did 15-year-old Dean know what 50-year-old Dean was going to become? No, no, I don't think so. Not at all, except for that I um, I knew from the first... I'm not on the radio very much anymore, but I knew from the very first time I did it that I loved it. I couldn't believe uh, that I got paid to do it. I didn't get paid very much to do it. Three, I, re I remember exactly how much... The guys working here tell me that hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> I would say that it was three dollars and thirty-five cents an hour, but I couldn't believe they paid me. I, I would have paid them if I could have. I mean, it was so much fun. I think when it gets in your blood, you there's a part of you that always wants to do it. You know. Yeah. And, but no, to say some grand vision, no. Although I wasn't there very long, that I love the idea and the thought of 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 owning KBHB, but um, it seemed. Impossible. In fact, it seemed impossible even up until it actually happened. Yeah. You know. So we share a lot of customers. And, do, yeah. and one thing I appreciate so much about the customers we have is an important thing to them is bringing their family back to their, their business, their operation, whether it be a, a local seed store, feed store, or a farm and ranch. And uh, you're getting to enjoy that yourself now, bringing family in. Is that yeah. probably create some awkward moments at breakfast or Thanksgiving, but also some great moments, too. Uh, I think that's that's exactly right. You know, we don't, um, and it's kind of interesting the way our family works, because not only do I work with my wife and daughter in the family, but uh, my my brother-in-law is my longtime partner, Mark Brook, and uh, and, of course, and his wife is... Uh, his wife is my wife's sister, so we have just have a we have a ton of family uh, and, and and family that works for us at the Loud American as well. So we have a lot of family in the in the business. But you know, I wouldn't say I I know it's a it's a problem in a lot of it has been a problem for a lot of businesses, but it, it has never been a problem for us. But the one thing that happens, and you touched on just now, you never quite let it go. So you still end up. It doesn't matter if you're out to dinner or Thanksgiving, like you said. It, there ends up being a business conversation almost no matter what, just by default. You know? Yeah, the the gravy gets mixed up with the mashed potatoes and the corn <laughs> once in a while, and yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Now that we too benefit from getting to work with family, and it, it's one of the things that, well, it's the reason we do what we do. I think probably is that we still are afforded that opportunity yeah. where we live. Uh, switch gears a little bit here. Uh, I never leave Western South Dakota, Eastern Wyoming, very rarely. You travel quite a little. Uh, I do. So this year, of course, is something we can't get together and talk about without discussing the, the COVID situation, the pandemic. Uh, what are you seeing and feeling as you're out traveling, and how, how good is it to come home when you're... Well, there is, as you already know, uh, there's nowhere like South Dakota when it comes to uh, the COVID crisis, it's, it's almost like, and I don't, I don't want to say this in a way that makes it sound like I don't think people here are, are, are responsible because I think they are. Um, but it's almost like it's not happening when you're here, you know, yeah. uh, just because the reaction to it has just been so different than anywhere else in the country 
that um, it's always a joy to come home, but right now especially so. I mean, it's a, it's a day and night different from just about anywhere in, in the United States. I mean, I can't think of, even at Fort Worth, and they did a great job, uh, Fort Worth and Arlington did with the National Finals Rodeo, and I was there for almost the whole thing. But even there, I wouldn't say it's like it is here. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, there, there's, a, there's, there's a real difference. So I uh, had the privilege of attending the Stockman's Banquet and Ball Saturday night with, yeah. with our friend Justin and Brooke Tupper, uh, St. So Ange Livestock. And, Absolutely. You know, that, that was a, a great award and exceptionally well-deserved. Uh, a neat thing about that evening was Governor Nome happened to be there, and uh, she had a heck of a time getting out of the room as, with uh, the warm reception she received and the appreciation folks had for letting us continue to live like we've always lived. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's true. In fact, I had heard, I think earlier that same night, uh, she made a brief appearance over at the Extreme Bronx, and uh, by all, I wasn't there, but by all accounts, it was like there was a rock star in the room when yeah. she uh, was introduced. <laughs> well, there, there certainly is a lot of appreciation for how she's handled the situation. Uh, do you get feedback of that when you're on the road, uh, folks? Yeah, both good and bad, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, just the, the nature of the business I'm on in on the on the, on the road in country music and and often tied to rodeo. I, I would say I run into a lot more people that are big supporters of Christy Nome and, and the way we've been able to operate business in South Dakota than I do the opposite. But you know, sometimes um, you know we we hear the super spreader accusations and things like that mm -hmm. and also um because of the motorcycle rally not you know certainly not just christy Nome, but the motorcycle rally story which was you know probably exaggerated a great deal and and in, in terms of the numbers but who knows but yeah i hear about it on on both sides around the country for sure yeah so in your businesses and as you are out and about is south dakota going to grow because of this because of more exposure on a positive basis. Uh, we we do live a little more freely. Do you see that affecting our, our real estate prices, the way we live, the way we do business, as people as we receive an influx of people? Yeah, without question, and and our, and already has. I mean, I think we're seeing it already. I think it's the reason we had a phenomenal tourism season this last summer. You know, and and I don't agree with Christy Nome on everything, but I'll say this: you know, I felt like she really saved our 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 business in many ways last summer, um, where uh, that would have been at an extreme threat uh, were were it not for the policies in South Dakota. But yes, I think beyond that, uh, we're all hearing anecdotal stories, and it's now proven itself out in the numbers, particularly in real estate, that um, people are moving to South Dakota as a result. And I think it's. Certainly a lot of it is that South Dakota remained open, but I think another part of it is just hearing about South Dakota during this time has caused a lot of people um, to, to take a look at moving here. You know, there, there's a mass, mass exodus might be overstating it, <laughs> a lot of people leaving big cities yeah. and moving to other parts of the United States. And certainly we're not the only beneficiary of that, but I think we're one of them. And I think the Black Hills in general is going to be a big beneficiary of it. Just the way real estate prices have changed over the last 12 months speaks yep. for itself. So I live in far eastern Wyoming, just across the border. Yes, sir. Um, and, and very recently got high-speed internet access at my house, which is awesome for streaming Netflix, et cetera, in the evening. Right, yeah. But the challenge for me as a kid that grew up in a rural area and wants to remain in a rural area is now everybody can work from home. Yeah. And how many people are we going to see that are telecommuting for their daily job? I think 
the, the entire situation has made it such that we realize maybe we don't have to be at work every day. Maybe we are more effective in our bathrobe and slippers as we type on the computer. I think it, it, that is changing. And I'm a little bit, I don't know if that's the case or not. Even in our own business, I'm not sure. We saw some advantages from it, but also some disadvantages. There's definitely some efficiencies from it. But one of the things I think you're referring to is, uh, will more people move here than you want to? And you might, you know, and I didn't say that. You but didn't, that's what you I didn't say that, but yeah, that's what I mean. Right? The, you know, I have a friend, David Allen, a, a longtime friend of mine. He lives now. He lives up in Billings, uh, outside Billings, uh, just loves where he lives, has a lifestyle not unlike yours. And he's always doing Facebook posts about how terrible the weather is, even when it's not. Yeah. Trying to discourage anybody. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be here. here. This you don't want to be here. This is we're terrible. not your kind of place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. You know, so that, that, is the, that is the flip side. And, and then just the cost of living or the cost of real estate. I mean, it's really kind of staggering the way real estate has changed here over a period of years. But, I mean, right now, all my friends in real estate say, you know, you can just sell a house instantly and your house is worth a lot more than you think. And, but, of course, that's only partially – that only works if you – because you've got to buy something else. Yeah, right? or you've got to replace it. You've got to replace it. It only works if you're going to move somewhere where real estate's not like that. I have been thinking about moving back in my mom and dad's basement because yeah. – <laughs> Right. Have you, but have you asked them how they feel about that? Uh, mom's yes, dad's a no. <laughs> you love it over there where you are in Wyoming, right? I, mean, I do. It's a little I slice do. of heaven yep. for him. It is. Uh, the views are great. The air is clean. And How long have you been there? I've lived there for 15 years now. Yeah. Hey, you're trying to flip this and interview me, Dean. I see how this is going. <laughs> well, you know, I know, I know you really love it over there. Now and, we're uh, there's a lot of reasons to. It hasn't been kind of interesting not to not to continue on that, but uh, Wyoming, while responding similarly to South Dakota, has not been exactly like South Dakota politically. In a, a, a little more liberal in, yeah. in the application of. Uh, and I, we talked about this earlier on a podcast you and I did last summer. Uh, when you were interviewing me, right. and uh, I, I was more comfortable. There. Yeah, there there was some. Uh, I still believe some front range of Colorado influences leaking into Cheyenne and and making some decisions that really don't impact Campbell, Crook, uh, Weston counties like they do yeah. Larimer County. You yeah. Know? So I, I think we're we're in for a, a little political struggle there in, in Cheyenne over the course of the winter. Is, uh, of course, the mineral money leaving the state uh, with a lot of things that are happening politically is, is scary. You know, I have two kids going to college in Wyoming, and you know, we didn't react quickly enough this year to raise tuition, but I fear that's going to happen to us in the next couple as some of the, the mineral taxes get removed from the state and we enjoy less m mineral tax revenue. I've always thought one of the best things Wyoming ever did was, was I mean, there's, there's many colleges in the state, but to really coalesce around one major university. And I, I've wished we had that in South Dakota because the way everybody coalesces around UW is like, such a cool thing that you don't see in any other state quite like you do As there. a Colorado State Ram, I have to publicly <laughs> state that I hate the Wyoming Cowboys, but I do have to tip my hat and admire what they're doing. So, uh, I mean, just that loyalty they have among everybody, the way that whole state is just united around one school like that is is something that I didn't always know about until I started working so much with Chancey. But you have to appreciate it and once you've seen really it. You really appreciate it. I'm your host, Clay Berkland. Uh, my guest today is Dean Kinney, president and CEO of everything in Sturgis. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think, it, you know, how did you get so good at this? Like, when you said you'd be willing to host this, I thought, I mean, I thought you'd be good at it, but I thought to myself, 
you know, this is a little more involved than a person thinks. And, and here you are. This is like no problem for you. You don't have any notes. You do all these. You do the the intros and exits just fine. I've never done anything but talk at Your work, really. So I've been person. practicing for years. And nobody, <laughs> nobody really appreciated that. Plus the uh, three-hour drive I have from back home to to my house west of Belfouche, yeah. I got a lot of airtime. To I'm a really good singer. Nobody knows that about me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could you could let us know right now. I mean, no. let's hear it. Anything you want, we're ready. No, so, seriously, uh, though. I mean, you don't even bring any notes. I uh, something else, man. Uh, I'm I'm good at talking. Take after my dad. Apparently so. Uh, maybe some people don't know our relationship. Uh, you've been yeah. our marketing strategist, or your company has for yeah. tell me how long. I. Um, let me think. It's, it's um, maybe you know, and I twelve or t maybe twelve or thirteen years, something like that. I, I would not argue. Time. I know it's been all of ten, uh, and it, yeah. it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so, yeah, a friend of ours got us together and said, yeah. "You got you need to use these guys." And of course, I said no, and then he said <laughs> yes, and, uh, and we met, and it turned it's turned into something and really fun over time. And I think it's a. Uh, it's been a very beneficial relationship. It truly has, and uh, that's part of the fun of this. And, it is. But, again, back to where we live, part of the fun of living in a lightly populated area where we're, you know, they, the old six degrees of Kevin Bacon, where none of us are, you know, oh, you know that guy, I know that guy, and pretty quick, it, it's like old home week, and it, it makes it a lot of fun and, well, and pretty easy to do. You know, you've heard me say this a, a number of times, and it's the absolute truth. One of the best things about working for and with Pioneer Bank is that you guys already are what you say you are and and anytime you're in the marketing business you can't in my opinion you can't really alter a brand very much a brand kind of exists and now not everybody is saying what their brand is but their brand is already there and you say what it is and you sometimes you work with clients that want their brand to be something other than what it is but if the client already knows what their brand is and all you have to do is tell a lot of people about it. It's a, it's very easy and it's and it's gratifying. Yeah, it, it's all about relationships. Yeah, you know? and that, it's kind of easy if once you figure that out. But it's really hard to develop those relationships sometimes. It is, <laughs> and can take decades to do it. And you guys have put in that time and and that dedication to it. But but it um, it is you 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 know I talked about the DNA of the radio station. You have a. DNA in Pioneer Bank that was probably probably there even before you were there and and uh, I bet that's very similar in your mind when I talk about the DNA of the radio station you think about the DNA in Pioneer Bank we, we have the way we do things um, yeah, right. we, we change obviously we, we, we try to change we try to say stay somewhat cutting edge as much as possible but the the core values I think reflect the core values of our region. Right. We do business with you because we know you. You're our yeah. friend. We buy our vehicles from people we know. We buy our groceries from people we know because they do business with us. Uh, yeah. And it, we're a community. And we are, I've always tell people that aren't from here, uh, the Black Hills area is kind of a microcosm. It's its own economy. And they never understand that. But, you know, you once you get over to Pier and East or... Cheyenne and South or Billings and West, uh, those are different markets, but our, our area is our area and who we do business with. I say that all the time, too. It's, it's very true. It's like we, we're not in a metro area, but all of our, all of the towns in, the, in and around the Black Hills are in many ways like one metro area, yeah. you know, not, still not a huge area, but all intertwined very much so. You know, one thing that 
we also recognize as a bank, you know, we try to predict economic challenges coming our way. Um, our old president and CEO, Kevin Whitelock, was fond of saying that uh, we're always in the Depression. We've never been out of one around <laughs> right, here. Yeah, right. And it, it, he said it tongue-in-cheek and as a joke, but it it's also has a fairly high degree of truth. We don't, we don't swing as far as the markets in Boston or San Francisco or L.A. or Fort Lauderdale. We, right. The pendulum doesn't swing very far. And it, uh, it makes it a lot easier to do business with because you have at least some prediction of how things are going. And sure, we would all like to have these real crazy ups, uh, but then you have the real crazy downs. You know, it reminds you of the of the housing crisis in 08, 09, uh, was never realized here in the way it was in so many other places around the country, you know. Yeah, we were in Sheridan, Wyoming at a management retreat the day it came on the USA Today headlines. I'll never forget that was, they predicted the housing crisis and they called it that day. And... We looked around the room at each other and like, well, how exposed are we? Well, when you started to take away all the market fluctuations out, we weren't that far off center. And and nobody in in our region was, but right. coastally, you know, it killed people. But luckily, because our pendulum doesn't swing so far, we kind of stayed down the middle. Um, but does that make you wonder now when you watch? When you, that is all, what you've just said has always been true throughout my career as well. And I've heard Kevin say something very similar to that. But I wonder now, when I see the price of real estate going up the way it has, if 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 is our there pendulum be, is, is, there, way, is there yeah. a bubble in in yeah. this thing? And that, that part of our job, I guess, is to to predict that. And right now, I'm not sure. Uh, this year has faced us with so many challenges to the way we bring people, you know, into our business place. Uh, we chose to stay open as much as physically possible. Um, of course, we did the PPP loans back the, the first round last spring. Yeah. Um, we put out so many dollars, it was unbelievable. Um, we felt largely that was our obligation to keep people working or keep people being paid so that when it was time to go back to work, they could. They would have a job waiting for them. Um, very rewarding experience, and uh, hopefully you got to experience some of that as well and see the the comfort people receive from knowing that we are going to get a paycheck. It was unbelievably important to our business. I don't mind saying it straight up. I mean, um, we felt like our business was getting attacked from every possible way. I mean, one thing about advertising is it's similar in that, you know, especially mass advertising like we do where we have hundreds of clients, you don't really generally experience huge ups or downs in that business either. But when every business you have is scared yep. to death, um, that brought about a crisis in our ad business that, that I had never uh, imagined before, not to mention our restaurant uh, was maybe going to close. We didn't know if we would have any summer business, and our live events business was zero. So um, even though, in hindsight, things turned out better than we thought they were going to, uh, the PPP was such a stress reliever, and I think Pioneer Bank, I think I know Pioneer Bank was the fastest at getting those processed for their customers, faster than anybody else. I've, I've, I've not heard any other stories um, like the ones I hear from Pioneer Bank customers, including I will I will brag on our people a little bit here. We knocked it out of the park with you that did. one. That was, we just committed and went for it. And there was a point in time where we looked at each other and said, if we guessed wrong here, we are sunk. Well, you know, that's what was amazing about it is one of the things that allowed you to do that, I don't think you mind my saying, is you all made a decision 
that you were going to move forward before there was 100% clarity from the Fed. Yeah, that's very accurate. And we were committed and we stayed that way. And, you know, we just had great people on staff that allowed that to happen. It's, yeah. Feel fortunate. Yeah, me too. So, uh, Part of this program is we're supposed to add value for people in some way, and I, I, <laughs> so I don't far, feel like we've added really much lacking. value. We're running for, out of time here. <laughs> for anybody yet. So, uh, I see Murdoch Jones just pull in. He's yeah. our digital marketing guru or, yeah. or one of those. Uh, yeah. Touch briefly on how you've segued us from print advertising, radio advertising into digital solutions. That, um, I'm not using the right words that you guys well, do. Sure but, you are. Um, you know, one of the things that we started to identify a long time ago was that people were going to change their buying habits and their decision-making habits based on what they found while searching the Internet. And that was even before really social media was a big factor, more when people were just online doing any kind of activity at, uh, to, to read news or whatever they were doing. I don't think we realized it would blow up like it has now. Now, I think anybody in business, big or small, in any business needs a digital presence. People don't think they do oftentimes, but um, a, and, and digital presence sounds like such a goofy term. You know, what does that mean? But, you know, it it's really boils down to simplicity of are, are your, are, when, when people are out searching for your product, are they going to find you or not? So our, our common customers, uh, bull sale folks. Uh, Absolutely. It's a great example. Kamak Ranch Supply, Buffalo yeah. Ranch Supply, Detive Vet Supply. These are all great examples, yeah. Uh, you know, we used to, back in the old days, mail the flyer out and hope people picked it out of the tri-state and, and brought it to the to your place of business and, and use the coupon. But yeah. now it's so much more, it's got to pop up on your, your feed and say, capture your attention with with this and yeah you know when that when the when when all the ranchers would go at it at noon and 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 maybe watch the noon news on television and and get it and mostly for the benefit of the weather and now that weather's all on their phone yeah. all the time when somebody scrolls through their phone to look at the weather that's our chance to tell them about your bull sale yeah that's... you know and there it pops up right in right right in your face. I'm more guilty than anyone. What's that? I'm more guilty than anyone of yeah. that. I'd, yeah. I don't. It all comes through my phone one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. And and it's such an and the, the the other beauty about that kind of advertising is when you when you're the bull sale guy that's having his sale on February 21st or whatever the date is, you don't want to pay for customers that aren't coming to your bull sale. And in digital advertising, it's the opposite of broadcast. It's narrowcast. We we. We, we can very specifically find the people likely to be interested, in this case, in your bull sale, and, uh, and make sure they see that ad. And that's very price effective um, compared to many other kinds of advertising where you're paying for a lot of eyeballs that um, are just, you know, not in the market for your product. Yeah. It's such a change from in, what's that time frame been? Ten years? It hasn't. It's only been in the last ten years that it's been a big deal, and I would say even shorter than that. It has the last five or six years is when even locally businesses started to figure out this has to be a huge segment of how you promote your business. You know. So, for the benefit of those that don't understand it, like myself, how 
finite can you drive that information to someone? Scaria or even almost scary, yeah. Um, I mean, and there's so many different ways you can do it, but certainly you can say income, interests, you know, yeah. what, what, what are some of the common interests your customers have? You can say um, age, um, geography. So, you know, you can draw a circle around your business and say most of my customers come in this area, most of my customers are this age, most of my customers are male or female, uh, most of my customers have this kind of income, and and that's one thing. That's pretty interesting right there, and you can really whittle it down. Speaking of commercials, we're being yeah. told we oh, need we to, to stop so that we can sell some airtime here. Very good. I, let me just say one more thing with that. Uh, what's even more interesting is when someone, let's say someone clicks on your bull, uh, the bull sale ad on that weather app, and they see that... Uh, you're having your bull sale this day. From the moment they do that, we can then do something called retargeting, which is going to cause that person, Clay Berkland, who's looking at his phone for the weather, he's going to magically now start seeing ads about this bull sale everywhere he goes on the Internet. And that's where it's really valuable is making repeat uh, impressions on a potential consumer. That is very intriguing to one that benefits from it every day. <laughs> uh, this is Clay Berkland with my guest, Dean Kinney, on the local podcast. Don't feel like we quite finished up the last topic we were talking on because it, it is one that intrigues me so much. Uh, we were talking off air. Uh, we started into the digital marketing. Uh, we're a stuffy old bank, and we don't like to change stuff very much. And you guys kind of came with your hat in your hand and like, you, you guys really <laughs> need to look at this digital marketing. You're like, yeah, go sell your flowers somewhere else. <laughs> but you did convince us that we needed to look that direction. And, you know, now I'm starting to see more of our customers, uh, you know, pushing horses, pushing a specific product, pushing a bull, pushing mm -hmm. that Ford three-quarter ton pickup mm -hmm. into my phone. And it it is becoming the, I don't think it's the wave of the future anymore. I think it's it's now. It's uh, now, yeah. And I, like I said before, and it's not a, it's, it's not a selling point. Uh, on our part, uh, uh, there's a lot of ways to be in digital advertising, but everyone, I just think you're crazy to run a business and not be focused uh, a certain amount on it. No, you can name any business, and it's important, you know. So do you need a 15-year-old kid running that for you? Or can it... You know, you, it, run, it, goes, it goes across the, I, I think to do a sophisticated version of it, you need some sort of a, of a team that is committed to it, but I also think there's there's a lot of people that have a commitment, for example, to social media that can do a fantastic job for very little money, and it can be somebody right inside your own business that does it, yeah. and uh, and they can do it very well. And sometimes we learn in our business, you know, we like to, we have a big team of people that 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 work in our digital department, and we like to think we're really good at it, and once in a while. Uh, a young, not always a young person, but often they are a person in a in a very very small business that's maybe a competitor with one of our clients will do something that makes us go, whoa! whoa. Should have we, thought of that. While we were all in our little box over here, this person over here was like, how could I do this? You know, it, it's so unique from the the way I was brought into how to how to sell product because um, it is constant, it is convenient. Uh, but I think we both would agree, at the end of the day, we still sell relationships. Absolutely. So you don't want to get away from the human contact, the eyeball-to-eyeball, -eyeball, shaking hands, uh, 
but this dang sure reminds people to, to come back and buy your bull next week. You know, I think one of the reasons that video has become such an important part of social media is prior to video dominating social media, it was impersonal. It was no different than an ad in the newspaper. And adding video and audio to advertising in advertising digitally has made it more personal. Yeah. And the people that are good at it, and you're one of them, are able to reach out to their customers. It's nothing. Nothing's better than the handshake and somebody sitting down with you or you with them. Uh, however, there's a personal connection you can make when you add video to it. And, and you guys are doing a great job of that now. And I think we'll see more of that now from a lot of small business operators too. But we still want that eyeball to eyeball and that handshake. And that's one of the things about, yeah, we're sitting here at the Civic Center during the stock show, and I've seen 15 of our friends walk by as we're doing it. And it right. You know, that's part of the reason we all like to come to the stock show in the wintertime is we, we get to rekindle that relationship we have from when we were 25 and we see people once a year or whatever it is. That's And nothing's going to replace that. No. You know? I mean, we this still want to be here. If people still want to be here. And I think that's what we're going to learn from people doing virtual experiences of of live entertainment, it was fun when there wasn't anything else. Uh, but as soon as we see real live entertainment come back, we're going to see people want to go out and experience it live and do it with their friends again. Because it's it's not it's, it's it's better than nothing, but it's not the same. Yeah. So speaking of live entertainment, tonight is the Ranch Rodeo Finals. Yeah. Going to make it? I, I, I don't think I am, I, although I haven't absolutely made that decision. I'd love the Bronx for breakfast that is tomorrow morning, so I know I'll be at that. I'll say this about the Ranch Rodeo, and this is something about KBHB's audience. Uh, it is one of the most sought-after events of the week and just a really big deal, and they do a great job of it out there. And just talking about it, it puts a smile on my face. It'll be a sold-out event out there for sure. And, one, you know, some of, these, some of these events that are happening here right now during this talk show, for better or for worse, and, 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 and not as a political statement, are, are some of the larger events uh, happening anywhere in the United States right now? You know, because I like rodeo and I watch the Cowboy Channel on TV yeah. at night, uh, it's cool to see your hometown or close to your hometown show up on television. Sure is. And people you know in the crowd, that that's always a fun thing. And I think that's the wonderful part of the ranch rodeo for so many of the fans and spectators is they brand with that guy that just fell off his horse and now right. they get to laugh at him for the rest of the year <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah i was there when he got kicked in the head <laughs> how many know. ribs did you break I know, they, I, they love it, I think that is uh, of it. speaking of our very own scott reader our egglander and yeah, belfouche is a absolutely. defending outhouse race champion and he, he will be back tonight <laughs> ladies and gentlemen to to defend that title so. <laughs> all right uh, that was, what a what a great add to your team scott reader that was uh, Good move. Yeah, he's uh, he's like having uh, oh, I don't know who I would equate him to. One of the you know the Tom Cruises of the Western South Dakota come to work for you. <laughs> he's hugging little old ladies every time they walk in the bank, and they're coming in looking for him. So yeah, that was a great addition. Uh, me being me, I made a smart aleck comment to him about coming to work at the bank, and two weeks later he was going to work for us. Wow. <laughs> It's pretty cool when it works out like that. You know, you mentioned the Cowboy Channel. I think they, they've really done a lot of, uh, um, really added a lot to the to the egg community in general around the country. And, and just watching what they've done with Rodeo and the way they've been able to make that 
uh, get on the kind of platform it deserved to be has been pretty exciting. They, it took some courage to do what they did. did. Uh, and, you know, if, if you research Don Imus a little bit and what a yeah. wild card he was, he's kind of the one that, that pushed them that direction and yeah. said, hey, you should do this. You could do this. And it, it deserves a platform. And turns out he maybe was right. I'm a, you know, I, I, almost a lifelong fan of Don Imus's and, and his radio program. That speaks very poorly of your <laughs> character judgment. <laughs> a person would never imagine that those two things would have come together in so many different ways. One, that Don Imus's personal interest uh, went to that lifestyle anyway, as uh, as many people know. But then for him, and uh, when when he needed a job in radio really bad, and 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 was able to get uh, restarted on syndicated on television uh, through Patrick and uh, and and RFD TV, uh, it got him back on the map and and really put RFD on the map. And then that all led to where this is now. Yeah, it, it's been a interesting. Uh growth for them that <laughs> I don't think they had any plan either. Just the door would open, they'd step through. The next door would open, they'd step through again. Right. It has been fun to watch. Yeah. Right. And now, you know, it's turned into a big deal. They have one of the best locations you'll ever, one of the best locations in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Yeah. Just, I mean, just beautiful offices and studios there. Yeah. And uh, and I just think it's good for rural America. I, I I almost look at it, I think one of the reasons I admire it so much is I think about it in the way I think of KBHB, what KBHB is to ranchers in this area, the combo of R of RFD and the Cowboy Channel and all of their products are kind of doing that around the country now. Frankly, last spring when everyone was shut down and cabin season and they were they were broadcasting the, the rodeo from you know, the, what few there were. Uh, I think every eyeball in western South Dakota was watching them at night. Yeah, you know, I know, I agree. It was the only real television on, and yeah. I think it's brought people back to our our roots a lot, which I, I do too. I admire greatly of them and appreciate greatly of them. So, I uh, couldn't agree with you more. Dean, the clock is winding down on us. Uh, it is. What, what haven't we covered that we need to? Uh, you know, I, I thought to myself when I came over here, even if, even though I've been involved in broadcasting the whole time, I thought, what are we going to talk about? For Nothing. An hour. And, uh, but you made it go really fast. You sure did. That's uh, been I mean, fun. Scott, so Scott Peterson is going to come on yep. the show. On what, what a what a great guest he'll be. I mean, kind of, kind of the same deal. You know, Scott's life's changed here in the last. Though he and Susan bought a place in Arizona here in the last few months, and he's moving on, and uh, still loves the, where we're from, but. I know looking at a new chapter in his life too, so it'd be interesting to hear what he's finding and what I, he misses. And I know our listeners will be really interested in that. And and you know, I know Scott's a good friend of yours, and I've just always looked up to him and Susan. They've been some of the most uh, uh, committed business people uh, over the past thirty years to not only to Belfouche but to all of this region. Yeah, if you want an example of how to reinvest in your hometown, they are a good They're template it. to follow. Yeah. yeah, they absolutely are. And uh, I, I just think it's great that you're gonna have Scott on here and he, and he'll be, you know, unlike me, he'll be somewhat interested. And you might learn something. Could you like come and edit us? Because our stories don't always fit the <laughs> yeah. PG-13 mix. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I forgot we were doing that one live, too. We might have to get a, uh, a like delay five on second you delay, yeah. Maybe 15. <laughs> right. We probably should have Susan here to edit Scott. She can just right. <laughs> draw the mask control. across his face or something. <laughs> just give him a look from across the room. That'll help, right? Well, we're about to the end, my friend. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it greatly. It was a uh, it was a real pleasure to be on here with you. I, uh, I'm uh, 
excited that you took this on, and it's a good example of how people should use digital media. You're doing this in podcast. You're doing it in video form. Uh, it's avail- Your product is available wherever podcasts are found. It's available here live on this radio station. It's available in video format on uh, on YouTube and on um and, and, and out there on 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 all the time on on your website as well as on Facebook and I mean you're just a good example of getting this getting content out. What to people. can work in a little market? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wish we had a beer we could crack on there so they could hear it as we. I thought that was part of the off. deal. Well, I don't have one. You, you guys are terrible here. <laughs> Thanks what for having of, me. What kind of host are you? Thank you, Dean. I appreciate, appreciate it very you, much, Clay. Thank you. Pioneer Bank and Trust members, FDIC.